Good morning, everybody. How are you doing this wonderful, beautiful Tuesday morning? It is your Uncle Fish back again after a two-week hiatus of going to see my grandbabies. I'm back in the house. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be back on School of Fish, back to drawing and illustrating. Uh, most mornings on the School of Fish, the art stream, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, 11 a.m. Central on the Agents of Geekdom Network on all these fine channels such as YouTube, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us along anywhere. You can subscribe, hit that bell to be notified. Uh, normally, we come on and we use the random charts and we roll up random characters and we use the Tower of Grayskull Dice Tower over my shoulder there and we roll up a random character. But this time... I'm deep in working on a client's book, and I'm starting to work on my own new book, which y'all have seen me talk about. Oh, Kyron's there this morning. What is up, Kyron? Good to see you, man. Glad to be here. And for those of y'all watching live on TikTok over my shoulder, you can follow the links at the bottom. Log on, find Agents of Geekdom on any of those fine channels, and you can comment too. You can get in on a conversation. I will answer your questions. Like I said, normally I'm drawing new characters. That's normally what we're doing on here. We roll up random stuff and then we just make up a character on the spot because that's fun. And I dig doing it. Oh, look at that. Javon Stokes in the house. What is up, man? Good morning. Glad you're here. Glad you could join us, man. Um, normally we roll up new characters on the show, but like I said, I am deep in working on, uh, a client's book and i'm getting started on my own new series that y'all have seen me talk about a little bit call the crow magnet which is oh God, i just love this story it has been so much fun to work on it basically just writes itself it has been nothing but a joy uh we made up a character the other week just for the show uh just for this book and um I have been making up all kinds of characters and stuff that are going to be making it in. And good morning, Sarah. It's been such a long time since we chatted last night on Unlikely Hero Studios show. Glad to have you here. Hopefully Katie will be joining in any minute. I'm hoping because it's just, it's not a Tuesday and Thursday morning without the amazing Katie jumping in and making comments and asking the questions and the which what's and the all nots. But since I'm working on some new books, I figured I would go through some of my process uh, on working on a page. And I've actually had a lot of people ask me questions, both on the TikTok stream over my shoulder and the people on the TikTok live that follow the links to Agents of Geekdom. Asked on here, I've had people message me and ask me about how I break down pages and how I go from the script to the page. And that's actually kind of complex so i figured i would take some time and actually show you how i go through that how i break down what's going to go onto a page uh my scripts are a little looser than a lot of folks which speaking of which hold on a second here let me see if i can get this pulled up real quick while we're talking and uh because i i'll pull up my script and see if i can share it uh, is this it? Yeah, issue one. All right. And share my screen. All right. So I've got it up now so we can look at that too. Um, 
my scripts personally are pretty pretty open. Like I know what I want to happen. My scripts are basically an outline. A lot of scripts I get from clients might be more detailed and might have it broken into panels and stuff. I just basically have what I want to happen on that page. And I know I'm going to fill in the rest of it as I go. Um, while we're on it though, I want to show you all some of what we're talking about here. Uh, this big beefy fellow, where is my mouse is quick. Oh, my mouse died. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Um, all right. Let's see. We'll zoom in here. Um, this big beefy winged fellow here is called the crow magnet because, you know, puns are amazing. And I'm a dad and a grandpa, so you got to have the puns. He is the savage from beyond the stars. He is a... a a bird caveman alien dude that has come from another planet and he lands on earth millions of years after the fall of man. And there's many a alien and a monster roaming the world. Uh, anybody who does know any kind of science and tech is basically a wizard, which leads us to this cat right here. Uh, the quantum King who rules the, the earth now he's we rolled him up actually rolled him up randomly on the show so y'all should tune in and check this stuff out because it's a lot of fun uh he's extremely powerful but he's also extremely limited he can't stay away from the generator in his base for very long before he runs out of power and could actually die he's being uh held alive by the power of this stasis field that it generates uh yeah Oh, yeah, you know, Katie ain't here yet. She's going to be she's probably out walking the dogs, taking pictures of frogs or something, but she'll be here. Um, and to the people of this world, he has amazing, crazy powers and seems like, you know, an unbeatable source of magic. But in reality, you know, he's actually kind of limited. He's got amazing power, but he's also got amazing limitations. And later on, starting in book two, uh, cause is going to be besieged by a variety of bounty hunters that are going to be coming after him. And I have been drawing out some of these bounty hunters and designing them and thinking through their outfits and their ships and, uh, the tribes and clans that they're from. What is up, Stu? Good to see you this morning. Glad you're here. I, I have a really bad habit in the past of, designing characters on the page because I usually don't, I'm not getting paid enough usually to spend the time to really work out characters ahead of time. You know, it's part of working in small press indie comics. The page rates aren't the highest. So usually we're having to try and figure stuff out on the go. So I really wanted to take the time to get a lot of this stuff nailed down now beforehand and really get the look consistent and know what I was going for before I get too far into it. And so I've been doing lots of drawings of call, really honed down his look into something that I like and, uh, and all the people that are going to be coming after him and the buxom young princesses to save and the monsters and all that stuff. <clears throat> and so what we're going to be looking at today is how I go about breaking down a page. So I'm going to turn that one off and I'm going to turn this one off and we're going to, look at my script and like i said my personal scripts are pretty 
bear. Like they're they're an outline. That's all it really is for me. But that's all I need to work off of. So for mine, it says page one: alien ship leaving orbit of a large world. First officers talking with the captain. Da 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 da. Has some of the dialogue, and that's it. That's what it covers on my first page. I don't have it broke down into panels and stuff. I'm going to do that myself as I go along. Let's see. Sarah said, I had to go meet someone for a plant trade this morning, so I plugged you into my car's audio. It's Fish the Podcast now. Sarah knows how it goes. Good girl. I'm proud of you, Sarah. Thank you. That's that's somebody that really loves your Uncle Fishy. So, all right. Now, skadoosh, we're going to turn this on, and then we are going to go over here to page one. Now, page one, I've basically got penciled out now. Now, we're going to notice that there are some differences here. Now, in the script, it says that this ship is is parked out in front of a, a planet. Now, as I was writing it, I intended to have them starting off at the planet where they captured Kaw, these bounty hunter slavers, and then, you know, midway through the travel, shenanigans ensue and things happen. So I was going to start out there and go when I wrote down the script, as I was going through it, I realized I had never really taken the time to show in the script, how they went into hyperspace and they were flying and all this stuff. I hadn't really taken the time to introduce that. So instead, what I decided to do, because it's my own book and I can be more flexible with it, I decided to add a few bits of dialogue in some of the following pages that would better explain where they came from and what they were doing. And I would show them starting out in hyperspace. This, Yeah, I don't get to show off the home planet like I kind of wanted to, but I'm showing them starting in hyperspace. So I don't have to explain later on why they're in hyperspace, why they crash land on the planet that they do, blah, blah, blah. They're already traveling. And then, you know, Ka wreaks havoc because that's what Ka does. Um, now, when I am starting off on a page, the very first thing I do, and that is not the mouse that works for this one, is I will do the lettering first and make sure I get it all laid out the way I want and make sure that everything is covered. And that usually helps me out because I'm also doing the lettering and I know a lot of y'all won't be. But for me, I'm doing the lettering as well in almost every single book that I work on. So I like to break up the lettering, have it laid out, and then I can move it around on the page and get the beats right that I want. And like, okay, I know I need space here for him to say this. I need a space for a reaction. I need him to say this. And it helps me split up. Maybe I want to pack a little bit more into this panel. Maybe I want to make a really wide panel, you know, with them speaking in the middle and give lots of room on the side for some dialogue so I can have some more action stuff over here, but I can play around with it, move it, get the feel that I want. And then I'll start to break it up into panels. And I knew I wanted a big shot of the ship here. So we've got, you know, a big shot of the ship. Now, originally I did have the planet and stuff drawn in too, but I took it out in exchange for hyperspace and we're going to do lots of cool colors and stuff in the background. And we have him, we hear the first officer talking to his captain and I'm going to need to move that balloon a little bit so that they are closer to the deck because I moved the ship around after I removed the planet. So boom there. All right. 
Now he's talking to the captain on deck. And then we see the captain's hands in the foreground looking at this headdress. And then we see the first officer in the back complaining. And now we're going to go on to the next bits there. The ship. I know a lot of y'all have probably seen this stuff before. It's not the first time y'all are coming upon this information, but <clears throat> you can just make up spaceships. You can just come up with a design out of the back of your head. You can, you know, come up with all kinds of cool stuff and sketch it out. The difficulty becomes when it's purely in your head, the difficulty becomes what does it look like from this angle and that angle and under here and all this and how many parts did it have on it? And that kind of becomes a problem. One thing that I highly recommend is like if you dig Legos and you got a lot of Legos, build a spaceship out of Legos. I built a space station that I knew was going to be in one of my stories and it was going to be there many times from many angles. I built that space station out of Legos and I still have it in a box and I can pull it out and look at it from whatever angle. I can snap a picture of it and draw over it in my own drawing. And the perspective is right. All the little places are in the right place. All the little pods are in there because it's all actually built in Legos. You could glue it together out of trash you find around the house. You could build it out of a rector set. You could kit bash models together. It is so handy to actually have something that you can look at, particularly if it is going to show up a lot. Now, if it is a one-time villainous spaceship that you're going to see in two shots in one book and then those aliens are never going to appear again okay make it up and draw it figure it out each time no problem but if like this is the ship that your character gets around in all the time you absolutely want to take the time to either make really detailed sketches and build a model of it build it out of legos kit bash it out of toys and models or like I'll do a lot of times, hire somebody to design you a 3D model of it and boom, you have a 3D model. You can turn to any angle and you can get it just right the way you want it and then draw over it in your own hand, in your own style with your own lines and all the perspective is done. Everything's there. You don't forget any of the pieces because it's on the model and boom, it's easy to go. Now on this one, I didn't really have time to build a model. And this ship is only going to be seen from a couple of different angles, but still I was, I was kind of hitting a wall. And every time I tried to think of something for this ship, I ended up thinking of something that looked very much like some other ship and, you know, like, Oh, it looks very much like the ship from this show or from that movie or, and that wasn't doing me any good. So I was looking all over, trying to find something to work off of to inspire my imagination. And I came upon this uh, multi-screwdriver and this utility knife. And you can see, let me turn it this way, that this utility knife is basically the main body of the ship. I changed the proportions a little bit. I made this bigger to be the main deck. I added extra stuff instead of this part being recessed, it's going to be raised and be engine parts and stuff, but all these little grip details and stuff that are on here made really neat little bits on the ship. And I really liked this too, but I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And then I figured 
I will just add it onto the side. I will overlap them like they are built into one piece. And they will, instead of having two engines on either side, we'll go George Lucas and we'll make it all asymmetrical. And we'll have one big gigantic hyperspace engine on one side of it. That's pushing it through space. And now I've ended up with a really interesting ship and I can take these objects and look at them and move them around and help me imagine it in three-dimensional space. And if I get stuck on what does it look like from this angle or where was the, where was the bridge deck again? I can just look at the knife and it's like, Oh, that's where it was. And it's so easy to take things like, Oh, I guarantee you this mouse right here is absolutely going to end up as a space shuttle in something. It's probably also going to end up as an alien helmet in something or, you know, a robot's head. Like there's so many cool things just laying around that you can find to turn into spaceships and robots and monsters. It's, it's so easy and it will help you come up with shapes that you might not otherwise have imagined. You know, like what kind of cool ship could that be? Or what kind of cool robot could that be? You know, what's with the holes in the head? Are they sensors or the, what are they? Like so much cool stuff that you can be inspired to so easily. Chiron says there's a sci-fi artist that creates their ship designs from office supplies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Quit, you little turkey. <sighs> My wiener's on the floor trying to shred up paper because... He's still a puppy and he's getting into everything. Bad wiener. Bad wiener. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to come up with this stuff. And like I said, I have I have drawn myself into a corner many a time by just making something up and drawing it. And like, oh, that looks really cool. And now I have to turn around and turn it in three-dimensional space. And what does it look like from the other side? And suddenly all these little doodads and squiggles that I just stuck on for the hell of it now have to make sense in three-dimensional space. And I didn't think about that. And well, yeah, it looked cool from that angle, but now these jets are going into these tubes are going, it doesn't work now. And so having a little model to look up absolutely helps. My wainer's on the floor. You don't have to brag about your package size. Well, yeah, Kyron, I, I have a big black wiener, as a matter of fact, and it's on the floor. Actually, right now, it's all the way over to the door. But, you know, that's the struggles of having a wiener. Bogo, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, who's a big, mighty black wiener? Yep. Yep. I got a big black wiener. It was part of the deal. If I was going to let my wife get another dog when she started begging it i had to be able to make all the wiener jokes i want and it had to be a black dog so i can make jokes about my black wiener because that's just funnier yeah, that's just funnier isn't it yeah and i had to be able to name him bogo yeah for buy one get one free got one wiener and i got two for the price yeah my wife thought i would get tired of the wiener jokes my wife was mistaken I will never get tired of the wiener jokes. Oh my God. That is so much fun. I have an adult storybook in the works, uh, all about getting my wiener. 
Um, anyway, so those are a little bit about the pages. It's a little bit about how I work. But right now, I have a captain that I have to draw on here. And unlike what I normally do, I actually took a little time ahead of time and thought these characters through. My wiener's chewing on paper again. I guess if it keeps my wiener occupied and doesn't interrupt the show. Um, but this time, I spent a little time, put a little bit of effort in, and I figured out the characters beforehand. So, which isn't something that I normally do, but I did it this time because I'm smart and I was trying to do a better job this time. So, I want to have the captain looking at this headdress and uh, prizing it. I'm curious. I'm going to sketch it and see what it looks like if we have the first officer's head here in the foreground. And so we can see who he's talking to. And that might make a better image than just having the captain sitting there by himself. And we're going to show him holding the headdress that they have captured from their prize. so that we can tell that this is the guy that he was just talking to. So because he calls him captain, we now know that this is the captain because, you know, how do we know otherwise? And using the same headdress that he's holding helps us see that, oh, okay, that's, that's who we're talking to. It's that guy right there. And this is the same guy. And little things like that, like, you know, the decorations that you put in the background can do so much to help you know, like, oh, when I turn the camera, this is where we are because that window is now on this side. So I know we're in the same room. I know we haven't left. Oh, that plant is in the same place. Hey, Tyler, good to see you, man. Glad you're here. Hope you're enjoying the show. We're breaking down how I do actual comic book pages today. Uh, what is up, Katie? I knew you was going to be in here. It was just a matter of time before Katie showed up. Because that's what Katie does. Katie's trustworthy like a clock. Might be a little late, but she's there. Ooh, I love hearing about comic books, says Tyler. Me too. Now, I'm lucky because I have managed to cultivate a group of clients that I work with that really trust me uh, to the point of like almost getting lazy because they know they can just put like, you know, okay, four pages of fighting. And they know I'll go ham on it and do a great job and they'll enjoy what I do. And that also gives me a lot of freedom on a lot of the projects I work on that when I'm doing pages, I can move things around. Sometimes I will combine 
two panels because I think it'll be more dramatic or sometimes I will break things up and, you know, sometimes I will move a beat around on the page and like, well, maybe instead of putting it at the beginning, maybe we'll put it at the end or maybe we'll break it up and we'll put it in two different places and make it even more interesting. And so I'll do things like that. And I have the freedom to do those kind of things because my clients know they can trust me and know that I'm going to do a good job. And I do it knowing full well that like when I send it to them, they may say, no, let's keep it the way it was in the script. And I will go, I'll change it and put it back because that's part of the deal. I know when I'm changing something like that, that it may have a bigger purpose than they laid out in the script. They may, it may have, actual consequences later on that matter and so i may have to go back but that's okay i'm willing to do it y'all will see just how quickly i do these pages so it's not like i'm out a whole lot of work uh and that is basically it i'm gonna put some kind of machine over here the kind of shapes that I've already shown. And that's pretty much all I'm going to do right there for that. Uh, and that is my pencils. That's just exactly how quickly I work on it. And I'm only putting this much detail into these characters because I don't draw these characters every day. If this was a character that I draw all the time, like the Sentinels for, uh, Roy Johnson or five star, I could get by with a head and a cross on it for where the expression is and know what I'm going to do from there on out. Um, and then we are going to save it. And that's going to be it for right now on that page. I'm going to export uh, proofs later on when I'm done. Now here on page two, we're going to turn this off for a second and we're going to go back and we're going to look at the script for a second. And let's see, let me make it a little smaller. Okay, hopefully y'all can see some of that. All right, on page two, we just have a conversation that continues between the first officer and the captain. Is he secured? Yes. He's tanked below deck with the other slaves. Good. Uh, just conversation back and forth between them, a little, slight little bit of, the captain holding up the headdress to show that it's special to him and he has a special spot reserved for it. That's all I have in my script. Now for somebody else, they might have it broke down into panels and more descriptive imagery, you know, so I have a better idea of what they're thinking, but this is my script for myself. I know what I'm thinking. And so I don't need a lot more than that. Uh, at some point I'd like to show working on somebody else's script but I also have to find somebody that's okay with me working from their script and giving away part of their story. And that's always, that's always a challenge. So what I have done here is I have, you know, laid out the dialogue. Um, I have this, I have a template page made up that I have saved as page zero, zero, zero. And like one, I save most of my pages as 001, 002, because that's the way Kablam 
wants the final files sent to them. And most of my clients use Kablam. So it helps keep the pages in an order. And unless you have over a thousand pages, it works great to keep them all in order. Um, and it saves me the time of not having to rename the files because I named this file Fishly, Call the Crow Magnon, Issue 1, Page 2. I don't have to go back and rename it as 002 when I output the files to them. It's already done. I have it saved in a folder titled Fish, subtitled Call the Crow Magnon, you know, subtitle First Issue. And then in there, it's 001, 002. But I have a template page that's got all the layout lines for Kablam set up. Uh, like you can see here, it's got the little lines in the corners for that's the cut line where it's going to get cut. This is the safe zone, which means like this is where it should get cut, but it could get cut out here. It could get cut in here, but you know, from here on in should be safe. And then I have the border that I actually draw my borders in because sometimes you want something to come out of the border but I need to have room for that. Um, and then I have this other template made that's the images in the background here of the lines. And I have the page broke up in half, in quarters, and in thirds. So, and it's broke up with that panel border in mind. So like, it's not a third of the book from here to here. It's a third from here to here to here to here. These are all the same across and up and down. Um, if I'm going, you know, all the way to the edge, I have to maneuver it a little bit, but that helps me even figure out very quickly, where do I want my stuff to be? And I like things to kind of stay in order. I like to be able to match up, like maybe, maybe the top section is broke into half into two even panels. And the middle section is one big giant panel and the bottom's broke into half again. I want those two lines to match up, even if they're not touching, even if they're right next to each, not next to each other. I still want it to line up and look nice. If it's a little bit off, it's just going to look screwy. So this way I can use these guidelines to make sure everything matches up if I want to. Um, now this page I have figured for, because of, only got X amount of dialogue on this page and only so many things are happening right now. I'm going to break it in half top to bottom. And then let's see here. Hmm. I'm going to break this one into two and I'm holding down the shift button and actually now that's one thing I'd like to point out. Like I can come inside here, click and drag it whichever way I want and it'll split up this however I want to. Um, I could, whoops, I accidentally let go. I can click and if I hold shift, it'll be at 15 degree angles from the point that I started at. But shift lets you get really nice, clean, right angles. Now I could either come in this one and try and match that up and hope that they match up, but you know, oftentimes they don't exactly. Um, or I can undo, if I start my line from outside in the, the purple masked off area, 
hold down shift, I can cut through that one block or I can cut through the whole thing. And now I have four equal sized uh, panels, which is what I'm going to do for this one. And just because I can, and just because, you know, why not? So that's what we're going to do right now. <laughs> Got a weird message from my phone there. Don't, don't recognize. Um, all right. Now, one of the things that I set up on my template page of 000, and when I need to make a new page, I just open that and then resave it in the file that I need to save it under for the client, for the book. And then I save it as 001, 002, whatever. Uh, I have the outside border set with the panel, with the border thickness and everything that I usually use. I have it set up on my Kablam template and I have my um, template set up in the background with the outline so I can break the panels up. And then inside of the masked off area, inside of the group for these panels so that it won't go out past the edges, I have a layer set to blue already. So I can just click on that layer and start drawing with my black pen and I don't have to change anything. I don't have to do anything different and I can just go on about my business. Now I'm going to say that the captain and the first officer are walking and he's, he's headed to the, um, he's headed to the, oh, what do you call it? The deck, I get the uh, the bridge. That's what I was trying to think of. He's headed to the bridge. Have his eyelids kind of down here, and So he's going to be walking to the bridge with his prize of this headdress that he's got as they're talking about how many men they've lost hunting this guy down and all of this. The first officer is very concerned that it costs them far too many men for the bounty that they're getting and that it wasn't worth it. And the captain's just like, ah, that's just fewer ways we have to split the the bounty, which is, you know, shows that he's a very cutthroat pirate type guy, but he's also a slaver. We've also, you know, established that, that they're, that they put the captive down with the other slaves. And that's one of the things that like, you know, little bits that you add to the conversation like that can really help flesh out the world so quickly and make it so much more richer so much faster and even like little things that may not explain a whole lot but they leave you with questions that you know you'll answer later can really do wonders for making the world richer and more complex and it's worth the time to find those places where you can add in those little bits. And um, 
you know, and having him be so heartless about the number of men they lost, just that little bit, uh, like, well, that's fewer ways we have to split the reward. That tells you so much about who he is and how he values his people. And it just, that's, that tells you more than if I just, you know, put a caption box in there that said that this is Blythe, the black hearted who hates his men and doesn't value them like that right there. Just told you more than me putting a, an explaino box in would ever do. And like I said, normally I wouldn't even be putting this much detail into the pencils, but, um, but I'm drawing these characters roughly for like the second and third time. So I'm spending a little bit extra time, um, doing that now I'm thinking here, the first officer is following along beside him. I'm almost wondering like. I'm thinking body language now, especially because they're aliens and because they don't have human faces. Uh, they don't have noses and lips and eyebrows and things. They've got these big bug eyes with eyelids and these big tusks, and that's about all they've got. So it comes down to body language and stuff. So I'm trying to think through, is there anything I want to do in this cat's body language here? to show anything like this could be a time that I could add in little traits that they have that show subservience to the captain. This could be, you know, when I add in weird little things, like maybe they're covered in parasites and they're constantly picking them off. And that could be something that he's doing in the background. Um, you know, all kinds of little things that you can add in easily and simply that help make the world more complex. And actually, now that I think about it, the whole parasite thing is kind of a neat idea. Like it's just an extra little thing that I could throw in that, you know, would tell you a little bit more about these characters show that they're a little bit grosser than we thought they were in panel one. That they're actually like, you know, covered in parasites and, don't really care and like that that's that's interesting to me so yeah i'm gonna do that let's we're gonna have him picking at the side of his head here because why not We're going to have his eye almost closed as he's digging on that side and have it partially closed on the other side. And he's got long little tendrils coming down too, but not nearly as long as the captain because he's not as old as the captain because that's a trait that I have 
just decided I'm going to add in to help uh, differentiate age and whatnot and help make the characters unique. I hadn't thought about that until just today, but I think giving them all different patterns and styles of little feathery tendrils on their head can make them much more interesting characters. See, Katie's with me. Katie says she loves a good parasite. Katie says for her, it's parasites or nothing. I concur, Katie. It's always fun to me when I design an alien that doesn't work the same way humans work. And then all of a sudden I decide that I've got to give them a humanistic mannerism, like the way they might use their hands or something when they're talking. And now I have to figure out how am I going to do this with a claw? Um, now, while I have figured out what these aliens look like, I did not really think through what the first officer looked like. I know he's going to be a different color, but that was about as far as I got. So occasionally I'm still going to have to go back and look. But that's why some of the characters that are going to be in the book much more prominently later on are getting much more detailed layouts and stuff so that I can look at that. Oh, wait a minute. That's not, that is not, where did the tool go? That's right. There it is. That is not the shape for the hips for a guy walking. That is the shape of hips for a guy that is kind of crouching there. And I need him walking with the captain. Staying up with him. And showing that they are moving through the ship and not just standing still in that hallway. And I just literally right there decided I was going to split the toes on their boots. But, you know, that's what you do sometimes. All right. And put a little bit of safety railing off of the floor here and I'll make it some kind of grate. I'll probably use one of the textures that I've already saved or created for that kind of thing. And now we will, I remember having that shape of doorway behind the captain before. And so I want to mirror that here. Now, that doorway is behind him here. And then on the other side of him behind this guy, we've got these long, uh, kind of like vacuum tube shaped tanks. So I want to show that he just walked through that same door as much as I can. I want it to have that same shape language. But then in the background, I want to show those long tube tanks to help 
sell the fact that they just walked from there. And behind that, I have another door of the same shape. But if I use the same colors and stuff, I can really help sink home that they just walked through there. And then I'm going to put like some giant pipes on the wall here or something. And, and oh, there you go. Panel one on page two is done. And um, all right, they're walking, they're walking. So now I'm going to come back here and I don't want to make a weird tangent starting here. Like if I start the cap, the first mate's head there, that gives me a weird tangent off that other one. So I'm going to come up here a little bit and give them his big bulged out eyes and they've got these black rings around them. I'm thinking for light or something, you know, like you put black around your eyes when you're on a football team to help the shine i'm thinking is maybe why they developed that and i'm gonna have some of his little feathery tendrils kind of sticking up there to show that he's just pulled something out of that area and Now that hand takes up an awful lot of the panel. So I'm gonna turn it a little bit so he can still be looking at it, but I can drop it down lower in the panel now and leave more room to put the captain of the ship up there. And this is gonna be a big old swolled up boy. It was on him. That has three eyes because, you know, why not? And we're going to have goo be on his claws from digging it out because they're soupy underneath their little feathery things there because it just makes them grosser. And, you know, why not? Ooh, speaking of which. I could get I can get really gross with it here. Ugh. Yeah, we'll have some drips on his thing here, make him really gross. Uh, yeah, that's gross. All right, good deal. I'm loving a good gross parasite. Um, all right, and...
Now let's see. The captain is still walking in front of him. I'm saying the captain's not even paying attention. I'm saying the captain is so captivated by the prize that he has in his hands here that he's not even paying attention to what he's saying. I mean, he's not turning around and looking at him. Maybe a dismissive hand gesture here. Hush, little wiener. Don't say a word. Daddy's trying to draw a comic book page. I have got one of the most self-convinced he's ferocious wieners in the world down there. Nobody else is scared of him, but he's quite convinced he is terrifying. And again, for anybody that's watching over my shoulder on TikTok, you can follow the link on the bottom of the screen and go to Agents of Geekdom on any of those networks and follow along. And we have really cool programming nearly every day of the week. We've got Unlikely Heroes Studios, which shows some talks about all the awesome stuff that they're publishing and working on. We've got Five Star Fridays, where we break down different comic book characters and talk all about them and what we love or hate about the characters. Four Tales podcast, which is always good on Saturday mornings. I almost always love to tune in on that. And I hate the few times that I miss it because it is one of my favorite things to watch on Saturday morning. Ever since they quit doing cool cartoons on Saturday anyway. All right. So the captain's walking along. The first mate is pulling out ear boogers. We're going to make a different shaped door here. And we're going to put a different kind of flange around it just to sink home that this is something different. This isn't, this isn't just them turning around and walking through the same door again. And I'm going to copy some of those pipes from the other side of the wall. I'm going to put some coming out of this side too, but I'm going to make them a little bit different and probably put a handle on this one just so it's clearly not the same one. It's not the same wall. There's a different number of pipes on this wall than there is on that wall. And there we go. They're walking along. All right, now we're to the point where I need to show him eating the bug now because I've added that to it. But, no, that's not what I wanted. Okay, let me turn that off. I got 
to zoom in to get close enough to grab it. There we go. So I I need to show the captain obsessed over his mask. And I need to show the guy in the background eating his little boogery bug there. So I'm going to put the captain in the foreground here real big. And I'm going to have him really zoomed in on the mask. Which it's really weird trying to think about how to draw this mask from the inside looking out the other way. That is a weird experience I haven't had to do yet, but it's not often that it's going to be off of the character's face, but for right now it is. And I'm going to color this one in such a way I'm probably going to make him very like shadows in the foreground. And like highlight him in blues and stuff like, you know, an unnatural blue from the dashboard or something. And have the first officer in the background being lit by the regular ship's lighting and, you know, really make it stand out dramatically that way with the lighting. And I have his eyes down to just little. Slits because he's all my precious on this mask. Kind of look like squids to me now with the beaks and. But yeah, that's going to be heavily shadowed on this side. And
So he's eating the bug with one hand and pointing with the other. And then like, you got to figure out, well, how do you point with three claws? So hopefully that will get the point across that he was talking about taking the headdress that the captain has here. And putting it in the ship's vault. And the captain's like, no, not my precious. Buggy, get out from underneath me. <sighs> get. I have an old dog who's on her last legs and is kind of nuts and hates the puppy, which is always fun. And then... A puppy that does not understand that she doesn't like him. Oh man, undo. It's one thing I hate when it gets really small. It's difficult to work with. And let's see. All right, let's go ahead and move this one out of the way here. And this time I really want to focus on the headdress. And you people that have been kind enough to join in on the show and watch with me will have secret inside knowledge on this book that nobody else is going to have until the book comes out. Because I'm not explaining this stuff to anybody else but y'all. But you guys that have been joining in and following along and continue to follow along, because I'm probably going to work on more pages on here just because it's easy to do and I can work on it without worrying about having to upset a client by giving away too much information. 
Um, move this now over here. But I'm going to have to zoom in further before I can grab it. I hate that with the little words. All right. There we go. Uh, let's see if I can. I want to just see if moving this around any makes for a better balance in the image. Maybe. Maybe right there is a little bit better. Okay. There we go. All right. There we go. So there's a full page penciled in well under an hour. Uh, I need to add the balloons to the words, which I would have done before I started this, but my mouse went out on me. So I'm going to charge my mouse and put that in later. But that is the first two pages of Caw, the Cro-Magnon, laid out right there. Um, I'd like to talk more about... Uh, how I go about breaking this down. And I think we'll do more of that on the next episode, just show how we break down a page and how we get there. Um, but like I said, my, my style is a little bit unique for this because I'm not working off of a heavy detailed script. I'm working off a loose outline, which gives me more room and creativity to do things like adding the parasites into this and having him munch on it. And I can move beats around when I want to. And when you're working on your own stuff, that's pretty cool to be able to do that. Thank you very much, Katie. I appreciate that. This is going to be a really fun book. Like Green Zone is heavy and detailed and everything has complicated backstories that apply to everything else. And there's political issues and social issues and all kinds of cool stuff that makes it a lot of fun to work on and really fun to tell a story in. Call the Crow Magnon is just a badass bird barbarian kicking ass and taking names. His motto is "Caw falls to no man, which tells you everything you need to know about him right there. And it's just fun. I have the first 13 issues just wrote themselves and are just sitting there waiting to get made now. And uh, so hopefully people will enjoy it. It'll be fun. There's going to be, Lots of kicking ass and taking names and killing monsters and fighting aliens and bounty hunters and bucks and princesses that need to be rescued from their inhibitions and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, if you think that sounds cool, follow along, watch more, back the book when it comes out on Kickstarter before long, because I'm going to have this book done before you know it. You're going to be surprised. You're going to be playing around next week. I'm going to have this thing done. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I will be here Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we will have another episode of School of Fish. See y'all later.